The Wrestling Perspective Network is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code PERSPECTIVE. Just pay $5 shipping. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, good brothers, good sisters, welcome back to another great episode of The Revisionist Booking, heard right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. What shenanigans can Michael Berry and RG get into? Make sure you tune in this week. And as always, let the Revisionist Revolution begin. This is the Revisionist Booking. He is my Bert to my Ernie. You're he welcome. Is Michael Berry Sr. Looking at me with those big old eyes and that furry, furry mustache you got going there. Well, you're welcome. I'm here. It's a glorious another week. We have quite the interesting subject, RJ. Do you want to clue mm-hmm. our uh, listeners here in on what we're uh, covering today? Sure. So we were supposed to have Chris Caden from Upstate Pro Wrestling on today, but unfortunately I talked to him earlier this, this afternoon, and he had a show out in Ohio where he ended up taking a spear to the jaw. Yes, I said a spear to the jaw. That'll hurt. So, yeah, that, that'll ruin your weekend. Uh, and, you know, so his jaw isn't the best right now, and he can barely move it. So I said, you know what, bud, take take the uh, take the little hiatus here, you know, take the rain check, you know, because UPW, as you know, we got a couple big shows coming up uh, this Saturday and next Saturday um, out here in Rochester. So I said, wait, so, up. so let me let me interject real quick. You guys are going to compete with NXT TakeOver? No, 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 not this weekend, the 13th, the week after, I mean. Oh, okay. Oh, I misspoke, I'm sorry. You did. So, okay, the 13th and the 20th, we have to a show back-to-back. You're welcome. We're actually, we're actually running the uh, Blue, Co- Blue Cross Arena here in Rochester, which is a uh, 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 st- uh, arena where you get a lot of the house shows for the WWE and the uh, minor league hockey team plays. So, so is, are, are these the highly anticipated shows that Paul White's going to show up to? Yes. And Yokozuna. Oh, gosh. Come on, man. It's not a casket <laughs> match. It's not a casket match. You're not agile. Oh, everybody's agile at this point. I give you an uh, A for effort, you Canadian. Yeah, well, no doubt. So, uh, no diggity. we have, Michael, you said we have a very interesting uh, uh, topic today. We're going to be going over and uh, rebooking the last Monday Night Show, uh, which... As of this release, it is one week uh, removed, but it was 18 years ago on the 26th of March uh, that, you know, we had the last Nitro. We, you know, if you listen to a lot of other podcasts, a lot of other podcasts have, 
you know, revo- reviewed this and given their thoughts on it. Uh, we're going to put our own little twist on it, obviously, and rebook it. Uh, so, you know, I figured, you know, to kind of switch some things up a little bit. We've done a lot of WrestleManias leading up to here. Uh, you know, first and foremost, we want to thank, first of all, Matt Willis for coming on last week. You know, Absolutely. it was a great to finally have him to come on uh, because he has such uh, a, a great mind uh, for, yeah. you know, for wrestling. He's, you know, you can ask him anything about professional wrestling and he knows it. Uh, so yeah. big shout out to Matt Willis. He'll actually be at this year's WrestleMania, correct? Yeah, he and um, uh, Grant Bagshaw, who's on the Good Cop, Bad Cop with him, over on the uh, Visionaries Wrestling Network. Love that show, love uh, that show. Yeah, that is absolutely, I don't, I'd never miss it. I really. I know you're the same way, it's a yeah. great show. Guilty pleasure. Uh, great concept. Exactly. Uh, so Check them out, guys. First of all, yeah, definitely. Go good, I think it's Good Cop, or Good Bad Cop, or Good... Uh, I think it's I no, it's it it's good. It it's up, right? good bad wrestle, I believe. Actually, good bad wrestle, wrestle, that's I what believe, it is. Okay, yeah. I apologize for not knowing off the top of my head. Well, you know what, RJ, uh, you're welcome. Good, good bad wrestle. You're right. I'm wrong. You you're welcome. Be right. I'll always be wrong. You're welcome. Uh, exactly. Uh, no doubt. So no diggity. Like I said, you know, it, it's been a, a you know good couple weeks we've had with you know WrestleManias, WWE. Uh, and then, you know, going forward from here on out, we're going to have, you know, the next probably handful of shows uh, are going to be WCW to kind of get that, you know, that other side of yep. the coin. You know, a lot of fans grow up as WCW. Most of the people grow up as WWE, WWF. We're going to see that other side with WCW, and I can't, uh, I can't wait. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, the interesting thing about uh, this show is, Number one, this was the only episode that of Nitro that was ever simulcast with Monday Night Raw for obvious reasons. Um, and also, this show actually happened, what, the Monday prior to WrestleMania, correct me if I'm wrong. 17. Was it 17? Okay. I almost said the I wrong believe, WrestleMania. So. No. Was it 18? No, or was, or was, I think no, it was, it was 17. Oh, it was 17. Okay. So anyways, you know. Um, this was going into that. I I can remember uh, the WrestleMania was going to emanate from Houston. It was a pretty big deal. Um, and then this all kind of came together last minute. So really, in real time, you saw WWE WWF at the time uh, acquire its competition, its main competition, which was WCW. Um, and it was a, a very interesting uh set of circumstances. Uh, we won't you know uh beat the drum on i think everybody is familiar or has at least read about uh what transpired and what got wcw to the point uh where they were you know kind of on their last leg you had eric bischoff who uh unsuccessfully uh was trying to work with i believe it was advent was the name of the company i could be uh uh, incorrect i think so something Um, like that so, you know, he was trying to, no, I'm sorry, Fuse, Fusenet, Fusenet, Advents the company, I technically that my company falls under, sorry. So Fusenet Media Ventures um, was something that, and I can remember reading about it, and it looked like Eric Bischoff was going to be successful and was going to buy WCW. Um, but unfortunately for him, the deal fell through. A uh, big part of that was Jamie Kellner and, and basically, um, you know, Turner saying, we do not, not Ted Turner, I'm talking about Turner Executives once the AOL merger happened, saying they do not want wrestling on their networks. So, you know, a lot of people like to finger point, uh, was it this guy, was it that guy, um, who was responsible for the fall of WCW. But truly, 
if you really look at it with an honest, uh, you know, a viewpoint and, you know, without, you know, really trying to finger point any one individual it was more so that the company was not going to have wrestling on its networks. And a big part of Bischoff buying the company was predicated on them getting those slots for TBS, specifically that Monday night slot. So, you know, here we are, RJ. Um, this is, you know, the final uh, episode of Nitro. This might have been one of the most unique set of circumstances because it was well known that there was WWF presence for this show. Like, basically... I think that for the most part, they allowed WCW to do as much as they would allow them to do here, but you had a lot of, you know, um, oversight from WWF because obviously, uh, this was a company that they were going to be, that they were, that they had purchased. Um, and you know, I, I know there's a lot of rumor and innuendo on, on, uh, what was discussed and what would happen with WCW. Um, I don't know what you, you'd heard, uh, in the past, uh, but I can distinctly remember, hearing that you know one of the biggest plans was that they were actually going to have wcw run monday nights do you recall that rj yeah i was actually it was going to be a two different kind of two different brands kind of thing before we had obviously modern day wwe when we have obviously raw smackdown brand wise uh that was going to be their way of you know kind of jumping into it with the wcw brand the wwf brand all that stuff instead of obviously what ended up happening with uh, with invasion, but yeah, yeah, you know, I hopefully, you know, you never know what could have happened, obviously, but that's why, you know, that's why we're here. That's why we do the show that we're doing. Yeah, revisionist booking. Yeah, you know, yeah, trying no to, but trying to, uh, you know, change may not change history just a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I mean, no doubt, but I mean, at the end of the day. You know, the one thing that was going to be a tough sell for me, even back then before I actually uh, exchanged text messages with them uh, that I do today, which is kind of crazy, but um, Tony Schiavone uh, is someone that I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I still to this day don't understand. And I get that Tony wanted to move away from the business, and I get why he wanted to move away from the business. But I just think if you really wanted to go full bore with WCW, you know, it, it's been said, and it was actually said at the uh, What Happened in 83 Weeks show uh, that I attended uh, last weekend. You know, the thing about it is, is a lot of people look at Jim Ross and say, well, there's the voice of WCW. But remember, Jim Ross went over to WWF, and I would dare say he's more, you know, the voice of WWF. I think Tony Schiavone, when it comes down to it, if you look at Crockett and you look at, uh, you know, NWA turning into WCW, to me, if you're talking about the voice, the true voice of WCW, um, I know Eric Bischoff made this comment, and I tend to agree, that that voice is Tony Schiavone. Um, and I think that was one of the things I can remember them having these tryout matches. And first of all, you put Buff Bagwell in there, which, you know, don't get me started. Hide your, uh, hide your, uh, your, your money. Hide your razors. Yeah, hide your razors too. No, hide your money, hide your, uh, you know. <laughs> but anyways, I, I digress. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, not having Tony Schiavone call and be involved, I mean, you know, all, all due respect to Scott Hudson, um, I don't know that he was, you know, the guy there for them to bring in, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, you know, we've had the conversation before, the discussion where I think we're on the same wavelength, Michael, where that I respect Tony Giovanni for walking away on his own accords to do his own thing, but I would have loved, absolutely loved to hear him 
on Monday Night Raw, on SmackDown, whatever. Uh, just because that was as much as, you know, I grew up with WWF at that time with uh, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, whatever. I was always a big WCW fan as far as the broadcast team goes with uh, Tony and Bobby and even Dusty uh, later on. But that was when you hear his voice, you go back to that time when you were, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever, whatever age we were at that time. But uh, it, it just, I would have loved to see Tony Schiavone in the broadcast booth at WWE, WWF, whatever. Uh, but unfortunately, obviously, we didn't see that. Maybe we'll see it again someday. Who knows? You know, Conrad got Bruce back into uh, WWE. Maybe he can get Giovanni back there. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. So there's obviously, uh, and I believe this has been brought up on what happened when. Um, uh-huh. And there's actually a mug out now. Giovanni got a mug. So basically, Tony, you know, Tony Giovanni'd. Uh, the opportunity yeah. with AEW, but I I don't know that I think you know a lot. There's a lot of stuff that's said in jest, but I would not be surprised to see a Tony Schiavone end up in AEW if it gets big enough. Um, but you know Tony, here's the thing: Tony has other passions, right? He 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 loves calling baseball, which I, I can appreciate um, as someone who grew up watching baseball and loving the sport. Um, he also you know calls a lot of basketball games, so I get it and I understand. And wrestling's not an end all be all, you know. And and you know I think that you, you got to think all the years that Tony Schiavone had to grind, um, all the different regime changes and all the different kind of. Uh, you know, situations that he was involved in. And, and you think about, I mean, Tony says to this day that really the last couple of years for him were really hard and he feels like it showed up uh, in his work. And well, I'll say, you know, maybe you can sense a little bit of it. I think overall it was more, uh, you know, the product that was lacking. And honestly, I, I mean, I can, re- I recall listening and Shivani was as good as ever, maybe not on the absolute top of his game, but I, I felt like he was the one constant that still, you know, he would still be, you know, that guy that that voice of WCW, even in the in the good and the bad. So that's how I, I view it. No, no, I agree 100. percent You know, and that, I, I was very fortunate growing up the way I did, as far as you know, being able to watch Monday Nitro and Monday Night Raw simultaneously, switching back and forth mm-hmm. more towards you know. Uh, WCW at that time, but with a huge satellite dish we had back in the day, we had kind of like we said before, it's those huge dishes that you see at TV stations now. But, uh, but yeah, it, we'll we'll see what happens. You never know. You never never say never in the WWE. That's what I say. But absolutely and without question, no doubt. I can't. I I, I swear. So 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 let me peel back. The, I cannot say that. Let me let me let me let me peel back the curtain a little bit. So you guys may have noticed lately that RJ doesn't really use the phrase without question, and you know I like to I like to pull RJ strings sometimes, and I like to I like to really you know kind of get on him about stuff and not pull his strings, but you know what I mean. So you know I, I did notice that, and I said you know from the both of us we just. You know, we need to be conscious of, of, you know, the things that we're saying here during the show and if they're used on other shows. And I'm as guilty of it as RJ, but I was really getting on him about saying the without question. And I get why he says it. He's a big fan of what happened when. Who isn't? Um, yeah. So, 
if you guys notice, uh, typically when you would hear RJ say, um, you know, without question, he will say no doubt instead. And But he's kind of made it his own and much to his credit. I give him credit. But now it's gotten to the point where even if I say without question, he won't repeat it. He will say no doubt. It's like it's almost like a science project, you know, kind of like shock therapy. You know, I would get on him. Stop saying that. Stop saying that. Kind of ribbing him a little bit. I'm your Frankenstein. Right. So it's like now it's like if you ever want your kids not to say certain words, you know, there's a certain way to to go about it. And, you know, RJ's the first test subject. And so, you know, without question, RJ. No doubt. See? See what I mean? He won't say it. I can't. I can't. You know, I just. Whatever. It is what it is. Hashtag you're welcome. A for effort. Uh, so we're going to go get into this show. We, we kind of, sh- you know, shot the, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. We can't, I can't swear, but, you know. We shot our so, load. That's okay. You can say that. Yeah, whatever. God, here. So anyways, so March 26, 2001 was the last Nitro. Came to us from Club Lavella. Yeah, I did not stutter. Club Lavella from Panama City Beach, Florida. In the middle of a swimming pool. So Club Lavella is that like? Isn't that like when they try to tell you sell you timeshares? Like is that? Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. Really? I think that's. I think that's pretty. If you listen to, I forgot what episode they did on the aforementioned WHW. They basically said that thing. I believe that was you know their way of getting in. That you know they'll push the whole. Um, timeshare kind of thing but really i just found it i just found it interesting that it was in the middle of a freaking pool but wwf bought them a heck of a timeshare in the wcw didn't they yeah no kidding um no and i couldn't get an actual number i tried looking it up i tried googling it a number of times to try to get a actual head count of oh, uh, you the, the you, attendance yeah, you won't find that no and i don't they think didn't charge well no it's all basically hey here you go yeah so, uh, to get to the card, we didn't have, you know, I look at it and I'm like, man, th- this was a loaded card, but <laughs> push comes to shove. It's like, yeah, it wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah. So, and speaking of, speaking of not being that well, good, Scott Steiner was in the first match. <laughs> well, uh, oh, you better watch it. <laughs> um, but you know what? Here's the thing, RJ, just to kind of, uh, since you brought it up, keep in mind that WWF pretty much you know, let the WCW talent, we saw a lot of people backstage, but basically WWF, you know, approached the talent and said, look guys, you know, you're going to get paid either way, whether you, whether you want to work or you don't want to work, you know, um, so, you know, basically I think a lot of them were like, eh, you know, Kevin Nash, you know, he's not trying to tear another quad, so. Well, yeah, but the thing is, so you get these guaranteed contracts like they had, it's like, well, you had guys like Ray Mysterio, Kevin Nash, didn't have to work for years, Sting, another one. That's didn't be- have to work for years after this. Yep, and the- uh, after this nitro because they had all that guarantee. Well, and and that was part of the agreement. Uh, you know when WWF bought WCW, so basically they don't want to be burdened with the. So they, I mean WWF really got a great deal. They got to basically pick and choose. But I mean, you look at the talent that was you know uh, still rostered and still had contracts. They were getting their uh, checks cut straight from Time Warner. So, you know, like I said, that aforementioned Scott Steiner match led off this uh, Monday Night Raw. And, uh, had, you know, we had a world a world title and U.S. title unification match to start off Monday Night Raw. We had the world champion Scott Steiner 
Big Papa Pump, if you will, a.k.a. Ham Cubes, taking on the two-time, two-time WWE Hall of Famer and United States Champion at this point, Booker T. Uh, we had, we then saw, obviously we know what ended up happening was Booker T uh, defeated Scott Steiner to become the U.S. and World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, you know, a fairly good match, you know, for what it was worth. I've never been a big fan of Scott Steiner in general, but, you know, at this time, you know, we go back to his early times in the WWF with the Steiner brothers, him and his brother. I got it. I liked it. At this point, I did not like the whole Big Papa Pump uh, uh, character. So our next match on the card was the number one contenders for the Cruiserweight Tag Team titles. Yes, I said Cruiserweight Tag Team titles. Uh, you know, at this time, WCW, that's what they're known for. They're known for the cruiserweight uh, division. They had an abundant amount of, uh, of cruiserweights. Uh, so they were able to do and have the uh, WCW cruiserweight tag team championships. So this match consisted of three count, Shannon Moore and Evan Courageous taking on the Young Dragons, Kaz Hayashi and Yang taking on the Filthy Animals, Billy Kidman, Rey Mysterio, uh, you know, this was, I enjoyed this match going back and watching this. Um, I liked at least two teams on here. I wasn't a big fan of the Young Dragons. I don't know about you, Michael. I liked them. I thought they were vastly underrated. Believe it or not, I was a three-count fan and the animals. See, I didn't Um, like three-count. You want to know why? You know what? 2001, you had the boy bands, you know, you had Backstreet Boys, you had 98 Degrees, you had NSYNC, yeah, but, whatever. But you want to know why I didn't like Three Count? Frickin' Evan Courageous. Don't, don't, don't. Frickin' Evan Courageous, man. Oh, okay, good. Okay. I say, do you, you, you don't discourage a good name of Shane Helms. No, I liked, I liked the Hurricane. Wasn't the Hurricane yet. But okay. <laughs> um, I knew you'd catch that. You're welcome. All right, so I was always a big fan of the Filthy Animals. Obviously, Michael, you know, being not a big Evan Courageous fan or a fan at all, uh, you know, we saw the Filthy Animals, Sucks. Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio, um, defeat Three Count and the Young Dragons to become the number one contenders for the Cruiserweight Tag Team titles. Uh, that we'll see later, obviously foreshadowing. We're going to see it later in the show. Um, they're going to be taking on the tag the Cruiserweight Tag Team Champions, Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo later in the show. However, the next match is yet another Cruiserweight Championship match, but this is for the actual Cruiserweight Championship of the world. We saw the challenger, Chavo Guerrero Jr., taking on the champion, Shane Sugarhelms, a.k.a. the Hurricane. Uh, we saw Shane uh, Helms retain the Cruiserweight Championship. Michael, I know, you know we've talked about it before, always a big fan of Shane Helms, even today, um, now that he's in the WWE again as a producer. Uh, this was, uh, believe it or not, this was my favorite match on the card on this Nitro. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was it was a solid match. Two guys. Yeah, it was a solid match. I was a little let down that the Yeti was not in this match, but um, 
I just oh, caught oh, RJ man. full swig. I thought he was gonna spit everything out. So you're welcome. I tried. You're welcome. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so, so our next <laughs> king of transitioning here. Uh, so our next match, we had the WCW Tag Team Championships on the line. We had the champions Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo taking on Lance Storm and Mike Awesome. And you're thinking to yourself, yeah, your bet, your favorite match was Cruiserweight. This is my second, obviously. Uh, big tag team fan as it is. Four of the most underrated wrestlers of all time, whether they be in WCW or WWE. Uh, but, you know, we saw the uh, champions regain their titles. Uh, Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo defeated Lance Storm and Mike Awesome uh, in you, this match. Did you just say that this was your second favorite match and the Cruiserweight match was your first favorite match on this card? Yes, believe it or not. I am. Uh, you do realize... Yes, who, I do realize who's made of venting. Okay. I'm just making sure. I, well, I'll get to that when we get to that match, but you, you'll hear my it, reasoning behind it. Is, is it that is it that your favorite wrestler of all time was wearing a shirt in that match? or? Yes and no. But like I said, I'll digress. We'll get to that when we get to the when we get to that main event. But okay, uh, come on, you're killing me, Smalls. You're welcome. So our next match, I'm not going to say much about it because it wasn't a good match. We had Bam Bam Bigelow <laughs> uh, taking on Sean Stasiak, aka Meat. Tell us how you really feel. I love Bam Bam Bigelow. I always have. This was not his best shining moment, I guess you could say. Well, I mean, because he because he lost to Sean Stasiak, for God's sake. He's agile. Well, yeah, he is. But we saw Shane, Sean Shane, Sean Stasiak defeat Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh, our last two matches on Monday Nitro was uh, the first match was for the Cruiserweight Tag Team Championships. We saw the Filthy Animals. Rey Mysterio, Billy Kidman, defeat the champions, Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo. Uh, Those were your tag team champions, and we wonder why yeah. WCW went out of business. Cruiserweight tag team champions, keep in mind. Still. Yeah, well, whatever. So, our main event of the night, uh, we saw Ric Flair take on the, uh, the one and only Sting. Um... It's Sting! Exactly. So, we saw Sting go over on Ric Flair. Um, Wait, 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 wait. What did you you just say? Ric Flair lost to Sting. I'm not rebooking my card right now. No, I know, but say it it one more time so the listeners can... Ric Flair lost to Sting. Imagine that. Sting beat Ric Flair. Within an, inch, uh, within an inch of his own life, right? So, sure. Why not? No doubt. Uh, but it's Sting! This was not my favorite match for a number of reasons. One, because Ric Flair Rick lost. Flair's wearing a shirt. Because Ric Flair B, lost. Ric Flair lost. C, Ric Flair lost. C, Ric Flair lost. <laughs> D, everybody thought when he retired at WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels, that that was um, one of the 
dark days in Ric Flair's career, wrestling career, this was one of the other ones. I thought that this he deserved a better match to go out on other than this. I'll put it that what? way. To put it mildly. Wow. Because That's pretty this strong. was not the way I thought Ric Flair should have went out. And we, the, the, obviously, we don't know that what's going to happen down the road. For all intents and purposes, we thought that this was going to be Ric Flair's last match. Right. Well, and, and here's the thing. I mean, all kidding aside, I, I'm, I'm giving you crap. But all, all kidding aside, I, I would actually be in agreement with you that I think this was an opportunity missed, especially because of the good relationship that Flair had with McMahon. I get, so I get, I get the business end of it. The business end of it was this: Ric Flair wouldn't agree to come straight over to WWF because he was getting guaranteed money from Turner. Mm-hmm. You can't deny. Mm-hmm. You can't. I, I don't even. No, can't. I don't blame Ric Flair, and I don't blame WWF. In a perfect world, Ric Flair would be the last world's champion of WCW. Mm-hmm. If not Ric Flair, then Sting. But really, it should be Ric Flair. Ric Flair was WCW. People say, well, Sting was WCW, and oh, well, remember when Flair jumped over to WWF? Flair jumped over to WWF because Jim Hurd was, quite frankly, just stupid. He was stupid. He was stupid and being a jerk, right? So if not for that, I don't know that Flair would have ever went to WWF prior to you know, WCW getting bought out. So at the end of the day, when you think of WCW, back then, back when we were growing up, when you said the three letters, WCW, the first the first wrestler, the first words out of your mouth were Ric Flair. The next word out of your mouth was Sting. But the first words out of your mouth were Ric Flair or the Four Horsemen. So I get it. I get what you're saying. So I'm actually mm-hmm. going to agree with you for once. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. understand that the reason it was was purely business. And both Flair and WWF were amicable and both... Flair probably didn't want the title because at the end of the day, the title is still going to be around. So, right. and then we yeah. wouldn't have got Flair to come back as a, as a GM against the evil Mister McMahon and yada yada. Yeah, yeah. Although, but like I said, like I said previously, all intents purpose with this card, we don't know. We thought that this was going to be the last time we were going to ever see Sting or, or Rick Flair or Burger T. So we didn't know that that was going to happen after the but, fact. But can I ask you a question? Because the one part sure. of your statement that I will take a little bit of exception to is you said Rick Flair should have had a better match. Who would have been better than Sting for Rick Flair to have that final match with on Nobody. this card? Nobody. 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 Oh, well then, see, that's why I'm, I'm going to tell you. Only- I, that's why I'm going to tell you, I think, and maybe you just worded it incorrectly, but you said... Mm. When you said Ric Flair deserved a better match, I don't know that he needed a better match. I think a better set of circumstances, like you know, it being right. for the world championship. Yeah. But there was, yeah. I mean, let, 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 let's be let's be honest here. I mean, I I know I'll I'll give foresight into my rebooking. You know, I mean, Sting Ric Flair was still the last match of the, of the evening for my card. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm going to put a little different twist on that. And I don't want you to give it away now. I'm just saying. But no, 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 I know. But and I, and I think I, you you are correct. Where I think I just re, I worded it a little differently. Yeah. It's nothing against Sting. There's no other. The only other guy on this card that could have given potentially given Ric Flair a better match is Booker T. That's the only other guy that could have given this guy. Maybe mm, maybe yeah. Lance Storm, but I, you're not gonna see Lance Storm in the main event. Yeah, I think I'd, I I gently disagree there. But I'll tell you what, there is one thing that will give you your best match possible in the bedroom, and that is from our good sponsors over at BlueChew.com. 
Hey guys, here at Revisionist Booking, we love to rebook the finish on many of the matches that we visit throughout our podcast. Well, now you guys can rebook your finish in the bedroom. So, you want to increase your performance? Get that extra confidence in bed? Well, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, get this, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so there's no in-person doctor visit. You don't have to sit there and wait in the pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're actually cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, here at Revisionist Booking Podcast, we've actually got a very special deal for our listeners. All you have to do is go visit BlueChew.com, and you'll get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code PERSPECTIVE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code PERSPECTIVE, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Perspective Network. And as always, you're welcome. You know, Michael, there is another guy that we have to thank, and if everybody that has followed us over on Twitter, at book. They have noticed at this point that we have a new logo. We have to give a shout out to our man John, uh, Hoops uh, Hoops Son. Uh, go give uh, go give him a follow across Twitter. He is, if I can boot this up correctly, he is at JD Hoop Seven O Two. If you have any type of you know uh, uh, graphics that you want drawn up or anything like that. Give him a shout out. He helped us out with both Ringside Rant and uh, and Revisionist Booking. Here he does a fantastic job. He's also done uh, work for our friends uh, Jay Z and uh, Rod as well on their show. So go give him a shout out. See what he can do for you. And uh, you know you can tell him that uh, your guys for Revisionist Booking uh, sent you. Uh, uh, so to head over to our uh, our re- rebooked cards. Uh, Michael, you know, I'm feeling in the giving spirit because it's, yes, it is WrestleMania time. Obviously, as we're recording, it's a, a week uh, week from WrestleMania. Uh, so I'm in the giving mood. This is my favorite time of the year. I'm going to let you go first. Well, we know everybody wants to hear me first, so you're welcome. Um, so my first match is going to be none other than Mike Awesome is going to take on Bam Bam Bigelow. So I think, you know, I wanted to see Bam Bam Bigelow in more of a prominent match. He was obviously, he had ties to the WWF uh, uh, prior to, you know, going back over to WCW. Uh, Mike Awesome, I mean, here basically I'm, I'm you know, just going to book for Mike Awesome to make Bam Bam Bigelow look good in his final match. And so basically, uh, Bigelow is going to get the win over Mike Awesome here uh, in the Battle of the Behemoths, uh, you know, because I don't think that, 
I mean, I believe Mike Awesome did come over to WWF at the time. Um, but at the end yeah. of the day, the, just going off of the way he was booked, um, you give the legend kind of a, uh, a farewell uh, deal here. So uh, I'm going yeah. with Bam Bam Bigelow to get the win over Mike Awesome in my first match. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. That would have been a great match to uh, to start off uh, to start off this card. Without question. However, however, you're wrong though. Ooh, uh, I love being challenged. We've done WCW shows before, Michael. What is the one match that they've always started with? Cruiserweight, and I I get what you're saying. I I, I understand. Bingo, bingo. Yeah. But you're not. It, it's not going to be the cruiserweight match that you're thinking of. It's going to be for the number one contenders for the Cruiserweight Tag Team titles. However, I'm going to have it be a one or a, two, a team on team match. I'm not going to have a triple threat match. You're going to see three count Shannon Moore and Michael Berry's favorite wrestler of all time, Evan Courageous, taking on the Filthy Animals, Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio. Lucky guy, Billy Kidman. That's all I have to say about that. So, we're going to have the Filthy Animals go over on three count just because I want to see Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio take on uh, Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo. So, my first match is going to be the number one contenders, tag team titles, cruiserweight titles, Filthy Animals defeat three count. Nice. I like that you kind of rebook that to include uh, different members. Um, yeah. You know, I kind of didn't um, because I went straight, but I did do the same. So my second match is um, mm-hmm. we went straight into the Cruiserweight Tag Team title uh, match. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you know what? I, I see what you're saying. I will. I can admit when maybe I had an opportunity missed here. So this probably should have been my first match. However, we will see Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo as the champions, regrettably. Uh, and they are going to take on the Filthy Animals. Um, and I don't think there's any other way you could really go than to make the Filthy Animals, um, which was basically Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman, uh, to be your Cruiserweight Tag Team Champions. So, that being said, uh, I think we're going to get you know a good match. And, you know, I- I'm joking really uh, about um, Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo. Well, not so much about Kid Romeo, but... Uh, but, but Elix Kipper, I actually was a fan of, so, um, I can understand them wanting to put the titles on him, but I think here you're going to, you know, you have the Filthy Animals win and, and win those championship belts and, uh, Filthy Animals, uh, stand tall. Yeah. You, you, there's no other tag teams, especially at this time when I said previously, we saw the, uh, you know, there's an abundance amount of cruiser rates at this time, or e- even in general in, in WCW. So, uh, you can't really go wrong with that. So, my next match is the match I let off the other card is the unification for the world and U.S. titles. The world champion Scott Steiner is taking on the U.S. T- champion Booker T. I'm not going to change a thing from this. I'm going to still have Booker T go over just because it's Booker T and I don't want to see Scott Steiner as a dual champion. So, uh, like like you said before, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm not going to try to fix this. Makes sense. Makes sense, sucker. All right, so my third match is we're going to see Shane Helms go in 
as a cruiserweight champion, and he's going to defend his title against, you guessed it, Chavo Guerrero Jr. And Shane Helms is going to retain. He is going to uh, retain and become the and, and be the cruiserweight champion uh, headed over to WWF, as I believe he headed straight over there. So we're going to see uh, Shane Helms victorious. And stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Well, it is Florida after all, so I'm sure there was. Um, <laughs> so, like I said with my match before this, this match, I'm not going to change a thing as far as the participants. It's going to be for the tag team titles. I'm going to have Sean O'Hare, Chuck Palumbo, bring in the titles to put them against Lance Storm and Mike Awesome. However, this is where I'm going to change it. I'm going to have Lance Storm and Mike Awesome win the WW or excuse me the WCW tag team titles just because it's nothing against Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo great workers great wrestlers I'm not questioning that I'm just questioning the booking of this card that they had where Lance Storm and Mike Awesome deserve to have gold around their waists waist whatever that may be whether it was a US title TV title cruise whatever they deserve to have titles around their waist, and I'm going to get their titles around their waist, and them being the tag team championships, Lance Storm and Mike Awesome defeating Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo. Interesting. Well, I'm basically going to make the Filthy Animals the tag team champions because if you look at it, the cruiserweight division had better tag teams than the regular heavyweight division, but that's just me. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to move on to my fourth match here. And this match is going to be interesting. So Booker T is going to defend his U.S. championship, his United States championship, against none other than, if I can be serious for a moment, Lance Storm. So, you know, we're going to get some hijinks in this match. You're going to see interference from none other than Mike Awesome, who's going to be upset about losing to Bam Bam Bigelow. And he's going to interfere and help Lance Storm defeat Booker T and become the United States champion. However... It's going to be at this point that Shane McMahon's going to come out. And him and Vince are going to go at it on the simulcast. This is going to kind of be the segue into that. We're not going to wait till the end. We're going to do it right now. So basically, Shane's going to say, I'm the McMahon that's here. I'm the McMahon that's present. I'm going to make a match for the world championship. And that match will be, and I'll give it to you guys right after RJ gives us his next match. You're killing me, Smalls. Anyways, so I'm not going to get into too much details with this. I'm not going to change a thing. The Cruiserweight Tag Team Championships, I'm going to have the Filthy Animals defeat Elix Skipper and uh, Kid Romeo. You don't want to mess this up, but this was probably my favorite Filthy Animals match. There you go. Plain simple to the point. (laughs) I like it. So as I said, Shane McMahon came out and he said, you know what? Vince isn't here. I'm going to make this match right now for the world championship. Booker T got screwed over. He gets a shot at Scott Steiner in the world championship. And you're going to see Booker T be able to capitalize on this opportunity. Sucker. And spin a his way to become the world champion of WCW. Sucker's got to know. <laughs> So, I'm going to have an interesting twist on mine as well, but that's going to be after my next match. 
So we're going to have to wait just a little bit longer. So my next match is going to be for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, the champion, Shane Helms, taking on Chavo Guerrero Jr. Uh, I, I wish we would have seen this a lot more in WWE after the fact. Uh, we're still going to see Shane Helms walk away with the Cruiserweight Championship, take it over to, uh, to WWE. Uh, but, like I said, this is my favorite match on the card. Uh, the actual card itself. So I'm not going to change a darn thing. You know, big fan of Shane Helms in general. So I'm going to make sure he still has gold around his waist. Nice. Well, now we come to the main event. And prior to this main event, Vince is going to pop back up on the screen. He's going to fire Sting on the simulcast. To which is going to bring Shane back out. And this is going to be the part that we eventually got to see. Where Shane's going to say, wait. And Vince is going to say, you know what, Shane? You've been a silver spoon in your mouth your whole life. You know, you coasted off of my success. You don't get to make any more matches. I gave you your one, your one opportunity. And Shane's going to say, you know what, Vince? That's okay. But he's going to say, you know what? There is a McMahon signed on the contract to purchase WCW. But that name... Before it doesn't say Vince McMahon, it says Shane McMahon. And then that's going to be the big reveal that Shane McMahon is the owner. And Shane's going to say, guess what? Sting ain't fired. Matter of fact, our main event for tonight is going to be Sting taking on the great Ric Flair. And I would have pretty much the match go the way it was just because I felt like that was the right match in the right way. It may not have been the best. Look, they were a lot older than when everything first started out. Um, but you're going to see Sting submit Ric Flair, embracing the ring. But I think, you know, to circle back to why I didn't have Booker T be a double champion is because, you know, I think Lance Storm was headed over to WWF as well. Why not put some heat there? Because here's the thing. Wouldn't it have been a better situation instead of just randomly putting Buff Bagwell into a match for a WCW tryout match if you would have had Booker T defend his now world championship in a champions versus champion match against, if I can be serious for a moment, Lance Storm, right? Then that way that there would have been some stakes in that match. Um, and you also would have had Lance Storm headed over there as United States champion. So, that being said, that is my perspective and what I was thinking as far as my card goes. RJ, we all can't wait to hear what the magical voice has for the main event of The Last Nitro. Well, as you know, I, precursor to this, said that I had a little bit of a twist on it. And my twist is this. We previously saw the world title and U.S. title be unified between Scott Steiner and Booker T. But that was not going to be the last time you were going to see Booker T. You're going to see Booker T right here. He is going to be putting his U.S. title and world title up against two men. Sting and the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! In a WCW heavyweight title match and U.S. title match. So we're going to see. They're not going to be on the line at the same time. 
At first, we're going to see the U.S. title be on the line between Booker T, Scott, or excuse me, Booker T, Sting, and Ric Flair. And you're thinking, okay, well, it's got to be, he's going to retain it. You want to see him go forward to WWE with both titles like he did, but not so fast. You're going to see Sting walk away with the U.S. title after tapping out Booker T with a Scorpion Deathlock. Then they're going to, you know, moments to breathe. You know, they got to regain their composure. You're going to see the World Heavyweight Championship on the line between Booker T, Sting, and Ric Flair. Is Sting going to walk away a dual champion like we saw Booker T? Eh, Who knows? But you're going to see this match should have been on this card. Booker T was that kind of guy that could have worked. You know, this match could have been an easy half hour, if not longer. Obviously, with Scott Steiner, that was an easy match that he could have probably done blindfolded. But uh, we're going to see, you know, Ric Flair, like I said, he should have had a better match in general, you know, different ending to it. This is going to be the ending that should have happened. We're going to see Ric Flair lock the figure four on Booker T. Booker T has no other option but to tap out your new world heavyweight champion, Ric Flair. Woo! But I did it this way because I did not want Sting to lose. You know, we obviously knew Booker T would end up going to WWE. We knew that. So why not give Ric Flair the championship? However, we're going to see, obviously, you're going to see Ric Flair obviously stay home with the WCW title for until he's not paid anymore. Then we're going to see him make his appearance in WWE with the World Heavyweight Championship to kind of have a little bit of leverage with Vince McMahon. So that's going to be a different type of twist as he would become the obviously the GM or character GM, whatever you have it, when he came over to, uh, to WWE. You're shaking your head over there. I know you don't like it because you don't think that Ric Flair should have went over with the world title. I get that. I don't like it because you have Booker T job not once but twice. Um, you make him look like a fool and an idiot because he couldn't, like, he lost two championships. So, I mean, I guess, but, you know, business side of but things. But he won two championships at the beginning, so technically. So what does it mean if you win two championships if you lose them both the same night? You're still a champion. You're still in the record books as a champion. But but the thing is though, Do we really Booker want to review T- the, the, the list of people that are in the books as champions of WCW? No. Okay. No. So okay. But, but, but my, my my thought process behind this was Booker T That you hate Booker T? Hmm? That you hate Booker T? No, I never said I hate I love Well Booker you made T. him lose I two mean, titles. You could have at least just said okay. Mean, that doesn't mean I hate him. That doesn't mean I hate him. I think that these three guys, they're going to get over regardless. 
regardless on who wins, they're gonna get over. Booker but at this time, so allow me to play devil's advocate. At this time, though, let's be honest. Ric Flair was super over. Sting was super over. Booker T was not yet that over. Not like he would become. So I feel like you're killing his momentum. But you say you don't hate Booker T, but you booked him to lose not once but twice. So, you know. But he won once. Uh, But but that would still give him leverage. We know that he's going to go over to WWE. We know Ric Flair is going to go over to WWE with the WCW title. So, RJ, here's what I need you to do. He's going to get over even more. Here, here, RJ, here's what I need you to do. I need you to put up a poll on the Revisionist Booking Twitter page. And, and right let's, 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 let's get the audience's opinion here. Do, do you feel that, basically, do you feel that, you know, Booker T should have been booked to lose twice? Like... I'll do that. I'll do that after because I'm not going to do it right now because yeah, I have to I concentrate mean, on your little let, let, right Let's there. let's let's get the let's get the opinion of of the listeners. You know, you can you know you don't have to put it out. I mean, the show's not coming out until. Like, oh, of course, what's well, not coming out till Wednesday? Wednesday but... Right. So, I mean, what, I just I'd like I, I'd be curious I... to get the opinion of people. Do you feel like you could have just you know booked Booker T to lose twice, but then expect him to be a world champion at some point? He was a world champion after it. Of course, in WWE. but but he was booked headed into WWE as world champion. Booker T, in my eyes, is a guy that towards the tail end of this WCW right here and going into WWE, I feel that he did not need a title to be over. I couldn't disagree more. For reasons that because... for reasons that I just for the reasons that I just presented, I couldn't disagree more because he didn't have the title lineage. Sure, he was tag team title, you know, champion with uh, Stevie Ray, and I get that. And Harlem Heat, they were a great tag team. Congratulations to them; they are headed into the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, and unlike some of the other inductees, they very much do deserve their induction. But. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like this is in order to get Booker T to that next level. I think he, at this point, he needed the title. Now, if you're talking about him by the time he went to TNA or came, you know, and came back or the King Booker days, no, he didn't need the title then because he was established. But here, he did. He needed that title because, you know, not a lot of people got to be the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Well, I shouldn't say that because there were people that got to be WCW World Heavyweight Champion. But, you know, at the end of the uh-huh. day, it was, you know, it was Flair, it was Sting, you know. I mean, heck, even Steve Austin, that study Steve Austin could never become the World Champion there. So, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I think Booker T needed it more than those. And, I mean, I get what you're saying. And what you're saying, I honestly yeah. like it uh, from a sense because I do like how you said that Basically, Flair would stay away with the title, a la Brock Lesnar, right? But no, but he would, but he would stay away with the title, and then eventually, when he did show up, because down the line they knew that they do business. But down the yeah. line, Flair would show up, you know, and he'd be the real world's champion again. It'd kind of be, yeah. you know, doing that, but whatever, how many years later? So, well, and that's and that's kind of what the reason meaning reasoning why I did it is because going back to ninety. Two, I believe, when he was that real world championship, bringing that over when he was with the NWA, bringing it over to WWE, 
WWF at the time in 92, kind of see a new version of it. Who knows? Maybe we would have seen, maybe we'll see it later. Maybe we will see Booker T with the world title. Maybe who, who knows what Ric Flair is going to do if he brings it over. Is he going to have it put up in a, in a match? Is he going to wrestle somebody for it? Who knows? That's why I want to bring that over because the options, you bring Ric Flair over with the title and the options are endless on who he can wrestle against. Is he going to wrestle against The Rock? Is he going to wrestle against Booker T? Sting? Who? We don't know. So, you know, it's a different a different way of looking at it. But uh, we are going to take a break right now, however, and go over to our friends over at The Blade Job. Hey guys, it's Ryan from The Blade Job, and I hope you either enjoyed or about to enjoy this episode of Revisionist Booking. But when you're done that... Come on over, check out The Blade Job. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at The Blade Job Show. Hey, Scott, where can we follow you? You can follow me at Blade Job Perkins. Hey, John, where can we follow you? At- That's great, man. Thank you very much. Please go check out The Blade Job and enjoy the revisionist booking. I'm sorry, John, you can talk now. You can find me at... Please flip the cassette over to side B to continue the adventure. So we are back with a segment we've done previous uh, that we decided to bring back this week. It's called Pushing It, and for those of you that aren't familiar with it, no, we're not going to be pushing that, Michael, but we are trying to push a, uh, a, a topic that, you know, to get it over, so to speak. We have 30 seconds to get it over, to push it, mind you. Uh, so, I don't know if you have yours yet, Michael, but I have one for you. Okay, shoot at. Are you ready, kind sir? Let's go! Are you ready? I gotta play actually 30, you said 30 seconds, right? Yeah, I have a bad memory today, apparently. So. Just today? You have, you're pushing it is Scott Steiner could have been the champion to carry WCW in the future if they did not close their doors. Okay. You got it? Yep. You ready? Yep. Okay, so your 30 seconds begins right now. So, I mean, you got Big Papa Pump. He's the freak. He's the guy. Who better than Scott Steiner to carry the genetic freak. I mean, let's do some Scott Steiner math. You got 33rd and a 33rd chance to really push WCW beyond WWF and defeat them. But I'm going to tell you what, it's an even less chance if he had someone like Ric Flair to sit there and try and carry the company. Isn't that right, RJ? You son of a gun. Son of a gun. So, you know... You like to say on your ringside rant, by the way, guys, check out ringside rant. It'll be on. Uh, we're going to switch the show to Tuesdays and it's on the Wrestling Perspective Network. But you like to say you like to change the questions. Well, how's about I change the question for you? I'm scared. Ooh. Ooh. So here we go. Sure. 
since you wanted to give me that question, I'm going to give it back to you, but I'm going to give you it in a more interesting fashion. Why was Scott Steiner a greater champion, wrestler, and all-around person than Ric Flair? 30 seconds. Okay. I'm unoriginal. I'm totally biting this off of RJ. I'm giving him... So, so Scott Steiner is a better wrestler and a better man than He's Rick better Flair. at everything. He's better he's got okay. he's he's bigger, stronger, faster in whatever okay. ways you'd like to imagine. Okay. <laughs> Brought sorry. to you by Blue. Sorry, my, my, sorry, my mind went there. Sorry, go ahead. Brought to you by Bluetooth.com. I knew it would. All right, would get it. All right, three, two, one, go. So Scott Steiner, where did he go? He went to the University of Michigan as a wrestler. He is the better all-around wrestler than Ric Flair, simply because he has been to the top of the mountain. He is the world heavyweight champion. He went to the University of Michigan. He knows how to tap somebody out. He knows how to beat somebody. Yes, Ric Flair does too, but Ric Flair, or excuse me, Scott Steiner is the genetic freak. He is the big papa pump. And stop. All you really had to say was Medasia, but okay. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Son of a son of a biscuit. <laughs> Cheese and rice. That is for friend Jay-Z. So Jay-Z, son of a biscuit. Uh, Bojangles. Yeah. Yeah, I sent, a, I sent a tweet over to him. I said, he had a bit of a uh, interesting night last night. I said, may your drinks be full and your biscuits be buttered. So if, he, if you ever see that on a t-shirt from Jay-Z Flair... I want royalties, but there is one place that you can go and get your revisionist booking apparel, and that is over at whatforapparel.com forward slash revisionist book. We're going to have a couple shirts coming out um, soon. Uh, we obviously, as we you know, we have a new logo. We're going to be working on a very special and unique shirt with our friend Josiah uh, over at Wolf Apparel and his great team he has over there. So that's going to be coming out, you know, fairly soon. He's backlogged. Um, we want to send our well wishes to, uh, to him, to his wife. She just had major surgery on her jaw. We hope you have a speedy recovery uh, and, uh, you know, all the best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and before we do let the revisionist revolution begin this week, RJ, I do want to shout out Josiah. Uh, he actually has uh, another project going on that I'd like the listeners to hear about. So, RJ, uh, as always, you're welcome. We're going to hear from them in a minute, but what do you have to say? Let the revisionist revolution begin. K-Fabit. We interrupt revisionist booking for a very special message from K-Fabe Tees. Here's Executive Executive Vice President... Adam Rotella. Well, hi there, my friends. Adam Rotella here. Same guy, same voice. Just wanted to let you guys know about our brand new company, Kayfabe Tees. My friends, Kayfabe Tees is done by wrestling fans, made for wrestling fans. Do you think AEW fans are just buying t-shirts at this moment? Well, we have a merch sheep shirt just for you, done in the Bullet Club design. Are there one too many executive vice presidents for AEW? Well, not anymore. You too 
can be an executive vice president with our brand new shirt. If you folks want to see these shirts, go over to kfabetees.com. We also have a very special offer going on right now. There are so many of you out there that do not have double or nothing tickets. Well, we do, and we want to give you a ticket. All you have to do is buy a shirt between now and April 30th, and you are entered to win a free ticket to Double or Nothing. That's right, my friends. Find us on social media on the Twitter machine, at KFabeTees. Reach out, chat with us. We'd love to engage with you. So folks, go over to KFabeTees.com and enter today and get yourself to Las Vegas, Nevada, and Double or Nothing. We now return to Revisionist Booking in three... Two, one.